Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to a court of fairies and fangirls. I'm Alex. And I'm Sarah. And this is a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast where we are obsessed with her books and can't stop thinking about them or talking about them. So we figured why not record us thinking and talking about it. We're going to break down chapters, go through each book separately, go into character analysis and any thoughts or kind of theories that we have about books, characters, plots, etc. And maybe play some fun games along the way. Exactly. So welcome and enjoy. So I finally mm-hmm. read a book. <laughs> it's been how many months? Oh my. It's been like eight months. Don't be mean to me. But I've started so many books. I just mm-hmm. haven't finished yeah. anything in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was called... So this was a book club book, okay. which... I had a deadline, so I had to read it. Um, It was called Our Wives Under the Sea. Mm -hmm. And it was, we joked, we're like, this is capital L literature. Because it was (laughs) was very much one of those books where it's like, it could have been like in an English class where you're like analyzing Mm -hmm. all the things. But it was, I I gave it two stars. Yeah. Because it was low-key horror. Ugh. No. No thank you. And, like, it felt like it was one big metaphor that just did not land for me at all. Mm-hmm. And as I talked with it, with the group, I was like, uh, maybe it'd be more of a three. But mm-hmm. I was like, I shouldn't have to have, like, full-on discussions with other people to comprehend yeah. what this book might have remotely been about. I'm right. smart. I-, I went to Vanderbilt. I know how to study yes. a book. And it's like, if it totally misses the mark with me... Mm-hmm. It's the book's problem. It's not my fault. No, I agree. hundred <laughs> percent. So, but it was, so it was told from two points of view mm-hmm. and it was, um, this married couple, there was Leah who is like, a like, oh my God, like marine biologist, like studies the ocean. Mm-hmm. And she went on a research trip in a submarine mm-hmm. that was only supposed to be like two weeks. Yeah. And they got stuck at the bottom of the ocean for like six months. Terrifying. And then it's her wife. Her name's like Mary. Okay. And she essentially was at home. Mm-hmm. And Leah's POV is like of her time, essentially, in that submarine. Right. But Mary's is post-submarine, mm. dealing with the aftermath of Leah. Yeah. So you're kind of like, what happened on that submarine? Right. So whenever they go to Leah's point of view, you're like, what's going to happen on that submarine? Right. And it was, it was... I was so excited about the submarine right. plot. Yeah. And and I we kind of got answers there. But the post plot, like she Leah is like just laying in a bathtub and she's essentially like the way the only way I can describe it is I think she was becoming a squid. What? <laughs> 
because it was like she just laid in this tub and like her skin was becoming translucent and like what? And then not literally, what I you were gonna say at no. All. At one point, she was out of the tub. She was in a robe, and she like walked into the hallway. And Miri like turned around and sees her, and she's just screaming. And one of her eyes pops, and then she what? has like a hole. Because you know how squids, like giant squids, only yeah. have the one eye. Yeah. I was like, is she becoming a low key giant squid? And she literally, essentially, slowly becomes nothing. And like, spoiler, if you're gonna read this book, I don't recommend it. But um, unless no, no, I would not. But she like literally like at the end of the story, like takes her to the ocean and kind of just like almost releases her back into it. But I don't think she's like she's not actually a squid, but she became weirdly squid. There was a metaphor here and I've lost it. Interesting. And Google said it was it was about loss and <laughs> disease. But like what it was. But it was it was like. It was creepy and horror-y in, like, not a satisfying way. No. And it was bu- it was just bizarre. But it was a very quick read. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I liked the way the author wrote, like, stylistically. Yeah. It was it was engaging in that way. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't like, oh, I can't get through another page. Mm-hmm. But I, I was also, like, horrified as I read right. <laughs> all of these things i do like that the dual pov isn't like the same time i think that's interesting yeah. to do it like a post and like a during or right. post and pre whatever because you're like well what happened why right. is she laying in a bathtub for mm-hmm. 18 hours a day <laughs> that's so weird right because i'm like oh does she just have PTSD? at first i thought she just has ptsd right that that's what's happening and she's mm-hmm. not processing it but then it was dropping these things about like her skin being translucent and then her eye popping out and i'm like what the happening what a weird book <laughs> it was so bizarre and then there was one other thing oh there was a whole thing so the submarine drops and they've lost the ability to like move it mm-hmm. but all of the life support keeps working okay and then after after this so you hear about that but in present time the wife is trying to like get in touch with her employers because they're like she's like hey i how do i help her what do i do should i take right. her to a doctor and they've like broken contact and all of a sudden like their website's not working and all this. So you're like what starting happened? to think like, was it an, in- like they said it was a- for research, but it was like, were they researching? Were they the research? Were they the research? <gasps> because like one oh. girl literally went crazy and went into like in a sub in a submarine, there was like a, um, in theory, right. If they're at higher elevation, right. they can go into this, mm-hmm. adjust to the water pressure yeah. and get out. She at the bottom of the ocean went mm. crazy, went into it, imploded oh like because she just lost it yeah and then like what like that same girl was like becoming like i can hear voices and like this whole thing but i'm like maybe they were like fucking with her and like actually playing like yeah voices for her in certain periods uh. so but so there was this whole side plot of like the research and was right. there like a weird um like sketchy thing happening there but that wasn't ultimately addressed in the other plot of the book, you just kind of like n- got the vibe that that happened, but it was more so about like her becoming this squid like thing and the loss of her. And I'm like, we've just missed the mark here. Like yeah. I wanted more about, I think it was called like the center or something mm-hmm. like that. Like I wanted to know more, like 
why were they on the bottom? Of the ocean? Was right. it a big plot? Are we going to like go after them? Are we going to try to expose it? Like mm-hmm. none of that. This girl didn't take her wife to a doctor. She just That's like terrible. Just like let her do Wither her th- away into a squid. I, and I'm like, is was it a disease like did she become a squid like is that what happens when you're on the bottom of the ocean for six it was this whole thing anyway of all the books to have read that was the book interesting so i mean if that sounded and i might have spoiled the entire thing but like it was a lot yeah so i wouldn't recommend it but like wild wild that's a very crazy concept but you know what it was a good book club pick because we had a lot of great discussion about it i'm sure so in that sense (laughs) that's a good pick yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i am reading a book that is um inspired by the story of esther oh from the bible but it is um like fantasy with like fairies and i was like I was like, this sounds so intriguing. Oh. And I'm like halfway through and I'm like, I don't know if this is like, <laughs> right now I'm like rating it as a two. Like, oh no. it's like, it's okay. Like, oh, I no. just feel like there's not a lot of depth in this story. Yeah. But it's, I'm intrigued. I'm like, I'm curious to see like how it all, yeah. you know, circles up and if it actually still follows the story. Yeah. But I was like, that's such an intriguing idea Yeah, to turn like a biblical based story into like a fantasy. That is a good idea. Yeah. So I was like, huh, why not? Why not? That's yeah. so funny. It's called... How did you find that? I don't know. It got... Put, uh, somehow it was on my TBR and I was like, oh, this is on Kindle Unlimited. Sure. Let's read this. And I didn't <laughs> even remember like what it was about. And I started reading and I was like, what is this about? And I read the summary and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it's called A Crown of Chains by Aaron Phillips. Okay. So yeah, I'll be curious to see how, how it... How far are you in are you? I'm like halfway. Okay. Yeah. Maybe the ending will like really pull through maybe i just feel like it's not like a very detailed writing <laughs> okay it's fine yeah it's, yeah yeah but it's i'm just curious so yeah mm-hmm. okay um welcome back everybody <laughs> welcome back um this is week three mm-hmm. we're doing chapter seven through eleven yeah. and we're calling this episode new arrivals yeah because there's a lot of new characters here or yeah maybe not new but just new to the scene no there's some well there i think there, there's a good chunk of new ones i guess yeah celestina true. oh yeah baxian mm-hmm. we kind of met pollux but we get a little bit more of pollux emile's in town yeah i mean you're right that's accurate that's a good chunk of new people <laughs> in my opinion okay so a couple of reminders for this week um we are doing a giveaway, giveaway. we love giveaways yes um just as much as everybody else i guess yeah <laughs> Um, so we are going to give away two copies of Fourth Wing. Yes. And this is like the special fancy like spray painted edge edition. Which, by the way, are like so hard to find right now. They are. They're sold out of so, so many places. This is like l- like limited edition. It right. Feels it's like. very special. It's very cool. Yes. Very important. Um, so we're going to be doing a giveaway. Two copies of Rebecca Yaros's book, The Fourth fourth wing um and uh it opens today the fifth um and it's going to be closed on saturday the 10th of june whoop, whoop. 
whoop, whoop, please enter. It's on Instagram. All the details are there. Um, and then second, just a reminder that we had an Etsy store mini launch mm-hmm. um, this past week. So all in Rebecca Yaros themed fourth wing yes. stuff. So we're doing, we have two things. We have an awesome little hat that's got a little dragon embroidered on it. It's so cute. It's so cute. We love it. Um, and then we have a little bundle, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. So it's a bookmark with one of the quotes from the book. There is a sticker for the War College. Mm-hmm. And then we did a book club guide yeah. as well as a little dragon pin. We hope you guys love it. We do. Yeah. So it's sold as a bundle. So it's all on our Etsy store. So go check it out. Can you tell that we are all in on fourth wing? All in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's shout out now some of the amazing new fam members mm-hmm. of our Patreon. Yes. Um. This week, we're going to shout out Morgan M., Rachel G., and Lori N. Y'all, thank you so much for participating in our Patreon. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And as always, feel free to check it out. Lots of fun perks. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Shall we dive in? Mm-hmm. Chapter 7, Rune has a word with the Autumn King because where we left off was the party mm-hmm. when Cormac came in and was like, Hello, new bride, (laughs) which clearly everyone's a little shaken by. Yeah. What'd you notice? Poor Rune. Like his dad and Cormac are just total dicks dicks to him. They are the worst. I'm like, this guy does not deserve it. No. Ugh. And also like, how are the Hind and Hypaxia related? I was like. So random. So random. So unexpected. Yeah. I was like, what? I was like, they're the two most different people in this book yes and like physically they look nothing alike right so it was very shocking to me yeah if i i can't remember if i've told you this before or someone else but like in a mystery oh Mm -hmm. no because we were talking about micah in the last book and how it all like i like to see the threads Mm -hmm. of the thing and be able like in theory in some world i could have guessed what happened figured it out there's no way no you could have ever figured out that Hypaxia and Hind are sisters Mm-mm. unless you were explicitly told. Yeah, I know. And so that bothers me poo. a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, sure. Sure. Yeah, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. But um, I just keep thinking in this chapter, I'm like, Rune is the best mm-hmm. big brother. Like, yes. he is just fighting for his sister I right know. now. And I love it so much. I do, too. Um, so it starts, Rune is with his dad and Cormac in his father's study, and he's arguing, you know, that it was total bullshit that he, that his dad is, like, forcing Bryce to marry Cormac, which, agreed. Right. Yep. Um, also, on a side note, every time we see the Autumn King, he's always doing something. Yeah. And at the start of this chapter, it says, um, the experiments and nonsense he worked on day and night boiled and bubbled away, the sound of steady hum in the background. That, like, he worked on day and night stuck out to me for a second. I was yeah. like, is he, like, obsessed? Like, is, does he do anything else? Is he just in the study, like, working on experiments? And if so, what is he doing? I don't know. Because what? this is, like, happening at 2 in the morning. Right. And his father's just, like, casually in his study experimenting. I'm like, what are you experimenting on? What are you trying to figure out, Autumn King? And it's, like, boiling and bubbling. Are you doing chemistry in there? <laughs> right. Like, like what? Or What's alchemy? Like, on? are you trying to, like, make gold? What is it? I don't know. But it, like, there was a little bit of, like, a question mark for me when mm-hmm. I read that. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Huh. It is interesting. Because I know we referenced the study in the first book, but 
I don't know. For some reason, this one stood out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Um, let's see. So the Autumn King says that Bryce will come willingly to the altar, as will Rune. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I forgot. Like, Rune's going to. Yeah, I Rune's forgot engaged. He's engaged. <laughs> and then also Cormac is mm-hmm. here. And I'm like, Cormac, why are you here? Right. Go. He clearly Leave. seems to be in league with the Autumn King. Yes. They're on the same page. Mm-hmm. And he's very antagonistic. Um, and he, like, makes a comment about Queen Hypaxia, mm-hmm. Rune's betrothed. And you're like, dude, like, what What problem do you have with her? She's a queen. Right. Get over yourself. That's a great bloodline. <laughs> yeah. But we learn a little bit of, like, familial background and history here. I know mm-hmm. we already mentioned Hypaxia and the Hind are sisters. Half-sisters. But- Half-sisters. So they share the same mother who was the previous witch queen. Mm-hmm. But Hypaxia's father was a necromancer yeah i was like she was with somebody from flame and shadows which like okay what is like that gonna be a factor in the next book like i don't know is it gonna play into i don't know the title flame and shadows so i'm like this is i never remembered this before no i don't know Just but also like, it out there hypaxia can like raise the dead and speak to the dead right that's just like just a subtle little casual no that's big deal. totally coming around <laughs> it has to but and then hype not hypaxia sorry and then the hind her father was um what is it like a deer shifter yeah or whatever like stag. so mm-hmm. stag so that's right They're, men are stags whatever <laughs> um but like you could not pick two like further opposites right for people to father your children like right. what just yeah like a necromancer and then a shifter totally just different different houses different vibes like totally different, different all of it's different um, and apparently the hind really took after her father, which is why no one associates them as sisters. Because right. I don't think she has any witch power. It's only yes. like her dad's side's power, whereas Hypaxia has both. Yes. And that's why Hypaxia is queen. Mm-hmm. But apparently people don't like having a part necromancer on the throne, which parts of me like don't entirely blame them. No, I don't. Because yeah. that stuff is sketchy and scary. Yes. But what we know of hypaxia right now seems to be very honorable so like Mm -hmm. i'm hopeful it's not going to be like used for bad things but she's got to convince her people i know so there's a lot more drama there Mm -hmm. i think than we realized yes um and then and that rune knew Mm -hmm. like rune had no idea about any of this right so interesting things to learn Mm -hmm. um i thought gosh the autumn king he's the worst like he's yeah obviously he has people spying and following bryce around and yep. he's like um they haven't picked up that her scent has changed so he's like i know she hasn't been like tainted like <laughs> with hunt i was like Dude. Well, the fact that like they can smell if it, somebody's had sex like is bizarre crazy i can't imagine like in our world like what people no. would smell like like what no it would be ridiculous it's terrible it's an awful thing it is awful. And continuing on about how terrible the Autumn King is, mm-hmm. he says to Rune, your sister has one value to me, her breeding potential. Like, bro. Dude. You're the worst. As, like, as much of the emotion as we got at the end of CC1, like, it's gone. Like, yeah, that's gone. Yeah. It's kind of terrible. Sad. But, and this, I just think this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Cormac is also kind of like, 
like, dude, we're on, you and I are in the same boat. Like we're both betrothed to people that maybe we would rather not be betrothed to. Mm-hmm. And he says to him, you might rebel all you like, Rune Dannon, but you are a crown prince as am I. Our fates are the same, but I know which one of us will rise to meet it. What does that mean? It's very interesting. Like, does he know about the prophecy that Rune had? Does he? I don't know. know. Like, what? What does he know? And why is why is he assuming that Rune? Maybe he's just assuming because of Rune's lifestyle that he's not going to step up and actually marry Hypaxia. I don't know. But it is an interesting comment to make. But they are both like crown princes, so it's like, is there like a sense of camaraderie there in a weird way? Like he's kind of a dick to him, but he's also kind of like, it's like I feel you. Like I'm doing this too. I don't know. Yeah, it is weird. Um, and Rune asks, he's like, why are you doing this to the Autumn King kind of Cormac too? Um, and the Autumn King responds that you have to ask shows me you're no true son of mine. And this like broke me. It said the words seared through him. Nothing could ever hurt worse than what had already been done to him by this male. The scars he bore on his arms from it, mostly covered by the sleeves of his tattoo. But the words, yeah, they stung. I'm just like. He's so What mean. did he do to your arms, Rune, that you got tattoos to cover it? That's just like. I hate him. Makes me so sad for Rune. Yeah. And then this ends with Cormac has always been the son I should have had rather than the one I was burdened with. Fuck you. Ugh, the worst. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, Rune's done nothing bad to you, Autumn King. Like, just accept him. He's a, He's got starborn powers. It's like all you ever wanted. Why can't you just be happy with your son? No. Stupid. Yeah. All right. Chapter eight. Um, mm-hmm. Bryce goes to work and gives Jessica a call. What are your thoughts? I like that Ethan is protective over Bryce towards Hunt and that like yeah. Hunt is protective over her towards <laughs> Ethan. Like their conversation was cracking me up. It was yeah. fantastic. It was and clearly a, a bit of a alpha male thing. Yeah. Yeah. And also I miss Jessica. So miss this, her so this made me so happy. And I'm just like, I don't think she's joking about these animals that are people. Like I'm convinced no. that they were people <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after this like conversation she has. <laughs> it's wild. Um, so the chapter opens with um Bryce and Hunt and Ethan are essentially all at home in the apartment. And it's the big day. Celestina's coming to town. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Hunt's kind of getting ready to go and Bryce is trying to be encouraging. Um, what did you notice in this interaction? I like I can't really tell if Bryce is like nervous that he's going to yeah. like, I don't know. Like she, she's, she like reminds him. She's like, you know, remember what we did to those last two archangels hunt. And it's like, is she trying to like pep him up in that? Like you're a warrior. You don't need to be afraid. Like you can take her mm-hmm. or is she more just like, you know, remember what we did like be careful. I took it as like a be careful, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I can't, I can't totally gauge her vibe. And like, is she excited that like Hunt wants to keep working at the CBD, which she'd rather he didn't. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so let's see. So they start talking about Ethan mm-hmm. and Hunt asks, what's the plan? And she goes, you know, Ethan can stay as long as he wants. I'm not turning him over to Sabine. And that's when like Ethan is like from behind them, like glad to hear it. And like scares the bejesus out of them both yep. because neither of them hurt him. That's classic wolf predatorial sneaking up yep. on um, them. Um, and so they, they get coffee. They're kind of hanging out. And then Bryce is like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go get ready, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the two men 
are left alone. Mm-hmm. And this is when the alpha hole contest yes. kind of comes in. But even in. like right before that, like it was just so sweet because the coffee mug that they gave to Ethan. Yeah. It just like brought back memories of college. And they just mm. like Bryce and him had like this little rekindling of a yeah. moment. And I was like, oh, they were. They were best friends. friends. And I'm like, I think my hope is like by the end of the book that that's where they get back yeah. to but it was just like sweet to like reminisce for a little bit yeah so but yes then the pissing contest begins yeah so when bryce leaves ethan is just like watching mm-hmm. hunt <laughs> and hunt goes what and then says ethan only sipped from his mug again nothing and i'm just like what why are you staring him down and then um you know hunt hunt's voice drops to a low growl he says, allow me to repeat what I said to you last night. You bring trouble in here to Bryce and I will fucking gut you. And then it says, Ethan's mouth twitched upward. I'm shaking at the lard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Ethan may be, like, I keep thinking of him as, like, little brother, young, mm-hmm. baby-like. But it's like, Ethan could hold his own, too. Yes, and he's for like, sure. He's not scared. Um, and then, so they're kind of going back and forth a little bit about like, why is he here? Why did he defend Bryce? And he goes, Bryce was my best friend, you know. She had Danica, yeah, but I only had her. You've known Bryce for what, a few months? We were friends for five years. So don't fucking talk to me. Talk about me, my brother, or her as if you know anything about us. You don't know shit, Umber Mortis. And then he's, um, Hunt's just like, I know you were a dick to her for two years. I watched you stand by while Amelie Ravencroft tormented her. Grow the fuck up. And they kind of just like growl at each other. <laughs> good lord but i think it's so funny ethan like drops this bomb he's like connor was in love with her for those five years you know five years and by the end of it he'd only managed to get her to agree to go on a date with him and hunt goes so and he goes you're at month five bro good luck to you like (laughs) that's totally like best friend little brother move like good luck with her yes i'm in Mm -hmm. you're not (laughs) so I very much enjoyed that exchange. Interesting and ex- fun exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we pivot to Bryce at her job. She's down in the Fay archives. Um, <laughs> and she misses work at the gallery, which like yeah. I miss her being there with like Lily and Siri. Yeah. And she definitely has like a moment of reflection about Lahaba. And it's like we learn that she's like not the downward spiral she was with like Danica in the past, right. but this is like you know could I have done anything to help save Lahaba? Right. Like could things have turned out differently? And it's like. She's like, every way I went through it, it's like, no, it couldn't have. But it's like, why am I the one that deserves to be saved? Which right. I totally understand. Like, that is, you know, survivor's remorse. Yeah. 100%. But I'm just glad she's not crumbling. Correct. Yes. She's definitely handling this well. But mm-hmm. yeah, it says, Bryce couldn't get past the question, why was Lily's life any less valuable than Bryce's? And it just ugh, broke my heart. And it's like, it wasn't. Like, she just... You were the one that needed to, like, you had the horn. You had to do it. Like, you had to. It's just, yeah. It sucks. It sucks so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bryce, um, in the midst of this, kind of, like, pivoting back to work, she gives Jessica a call. Mm-hmm. And Jessica's like, another question, Quinlan? That's the third one this week. So apparently, even though she doesn't work for Jessica, mm-hmm. she's regularly calling her and yeah. <laughs> staying in touch. <laughs> that was funny. Um... And they're kind of like back and forth and Bryce winds up asking her like if they're friends and Jessica's response was interesting because of course she never like flat out will confirm or deny it. Right. Um, But she says, I suppose I should consider it an honor to be called a friend by the starborn princess, daughter of the autumn king 
and the future queen of Avalon. And I was like, <laughs> it's like, of course, Jessica knows. Yeah. Um, because her animals are like little spies out there and they bring yeah. her information in the hopes of returning to their human form. Sneaky, sneaky. What? What the heck? Like she basically runs the house of flame and shadow. Like in a way, I'm not surprised. No, I'm not either. <laughs> but I was just like, really? Of course she would know that. Yeah. Cause Bryce is like looking at the news, like who leaked it? Like what happened? Yeah. She's like, Oh no, I've got my own sources. Yeah. And then Jespa who I also, I don't know if you get this, but I definitely consider her to be wise. And maybe it's just cause mm-hmm. I know she's been around for yes. a minute. But I really like what she said is Bryce is kind of like, I just don't know why this is happening. Like, I just I don't get it. Mm -hmm. And Jessica goes, males will always try to control the females who scare them. Marriage and breeding are their go to methods. But that whole like they try to control the females that scare them. I was like, ooh, Mm -hmm. I think that's the nail on the head. That's wise. That I think that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Bryce is like, they're not threatened by me. Like, and it's like, no, no, like. You have so much untapped power and you haven't used any of this. So it's like, is the Autumn King doing this to try to figure out like how you're going to react, what your powers are. Right. Because he's sick of waiting, which like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, that is not a far-fetched idea, Jessica. Right. Bryce doesn't seem to think those powers are like a big deal though. Mm -hmm. And Jessica went, you killed an archangel without access to that power. I imagine that you can now do a great many things, Quinlan. Like it's almost (laughs) like she's trying to be like, no yeah without the powers you were a lot Mm -hmm. so (laughs) yes and then oh my gosh i just died so but bryce is like i was given an order by the asiri to lie low forever and jessica says how terribly boring of you to obey them i mean it makes sense she's you know she has a secret library she's been hiding from them for forever but how did they not smite her after everything like that's what i want to know how is jessica alive i don't know like she clearly is resisting them she had this library how is she not punished for this like she's she's a visible person like she runs flame and shadow yeah so like it's not like they can't get to her i find it very interesting yeah maybe that's part of the reason she switched to house of flame and shadow though because there was maybe like an extra layer of protection for her there. Maybe. Versus the witches. Like, I wonder if the Asteri like mm. don't even fuck with the House of Flame and Shadow. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah. You I know? Mean, those are not people I want to mess with. Maybe. Maybe. I'll I take know. it. Um, but Jessica ends the call by saying, a word of advice, Quinlan. Think through the advantages of a marriage to Cormac Donnell before you decide to be a cliche and refuse. <laughs> um, and Bryce says, who says I'm not? And Jessica says, good girl. I love them so much. I do too. But also like Bryce, are you considering this? I know. I was like, wait, are you saying that for Jessica's sake? Or are you like actually considering it? I don't know. Interesting thoughts. <laughs> All right. Chapter nine. Mm-hmm. Hunt meets with Celestina and sees old colleagues once more. I'm I, like, are we actually getting a good archangel? I don't know. Is it too good to be true? Like, is this just, you know, the... <sighs> Like the pretty wrapping paper and everything bad underneath. I know. Because, well, Micah was kind of like that, too. Right. That's what we thought. We're like, this guy's great. Like, he's giving, you know, Hunt a chance to be free. He's trying to free Isaiah. Like, all these things. And then he freaking was trying to destroy the world, basically. I don't know. I don't know either. It makes me nervous. Yes. So, the chapter starts. Um, Bryce is calling Hunt to check in on him. Yes. Um, No Celestina yet. So, she 
winds up because so she's like in her office at work mm-hmm. and he's there and he's just like no like it's fine i'm just gonna hang out keep waiting blah 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 and then she winds up like hanging up on him saying like oh it's her boss walking in mm-hmm. because her chest started glowing as cormac arrives Ooh, that's right i was like is your chest like what's going on with the chest you're like mm, yeah why cormac well according to him the star glows because they are predestined to be together. Yeah. You're like, what? Uh, what? I was like, I need a little more information there. That's sir. just like a random thing. Yes. Like, why them? Right. He said, the Oracle of Avalon said, I was destined to unite with a princess who possessed a star in her heart. That our mingling would bring great prosperity to our people. You're that like, kind of sounds like bullshit. It's it's so open for interpretation. As of Bryce says, she's like, so the oral consider, considers mingling, like having sex. Like, no, like there's so many ways you could interpret that, like destined to unite. So it's like, OK, you could be colleagues. You could literally be like allies. You could be lovers. You could be friends. Like unite does not mean yeah sex does not mean marry also like, though part of me was like did the oracle even actually say this or is this a thing y'all made up i could see the oracle saying this because i feel like cormac wouldn't have been pushing especially when he was saying that like his family is not super happy about bryce yeah. or like a lot of avalon mm. people aren't happy that like you know he would be engaged to bryce because Maybe. she's half fae so i could see this being like an actual thing that was said it's just so open for interpretation yeah i'm like why are we assuming that marriage is the answer here yeah i mean it's easy to see it that way if they're wanting to be like oh well we have strong bloodlines this is a great way to push our agenda but it's a weak it's a weak argument agreed um but cormac is also so like he definitely comes across as a jerk right but Mm -hmm. part of his reasoning just kind of surprised me at one point he said you have a chance to help your people and this world and I was like, oh, does he care? Right. Does he does he care? He's he's a very interesting character as of right now. Right. But then he goes on and in that same breath, he goes, once you bear me a few heirs, you can take wherever or whatever lovers you wish. I'll do the same. Marriage doesn't need to burden either of us. And you're like, well, OK, but then yeah. you don't. Then you say that. And then you say that. Just I'm confused. I am too. His his character confuses me. Mm hmm. Um, and then he lets her know, like, when they're married, she's going to be living in Avalon with him and she won't have a job. She's not going to have a phone. Like, yeah. they live in, like, this old school world. Yeah. And especially where the women are not mm-hmm. of equality with men. Yeah. I'm like, that's not going to work. No, you can't go backwards. Like, you just, you can't. No. And she's like, uh, no, thank you. Yeah. Which I don't blame her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a fun interaction. Yes. Um, okay, so then we pivot to Hunt, mm-hmm. and we meet Celestina. Yes. And apparently, I didn't catch this before, but she's a voluptuous, voluptuous, lush-bodied archangel. And I'm like... That's not what I pictured. No. even I don't even think I picked up on that when I read it. No, I hadn't either. I read it this time. I was like, voluptuous. oh. I didn't Is she her. like... I pictured her to be like, I mean, maybe we'll do this in fan casting or whatever, but like I picture her as like a very petite build, like Zoe Kravitz kind of build, like very thin, very tiny. I did too. I don't know why. I have no idea why. Maybe that's who I'm fan casting. I don't even know. 
but um but yeah that's who i picture so i did no. not picture a voluptuous we gotta find a curvier gorgeous mm, girl to yeah. be our celestina when yeah. we fan cast i don't know why i thought she was frail maybe because she's like you cast zoe kravitz i'm gonna say uh-uh remember <laughs> read the book no <laughs> maybe it's because like the asteria were basically like running her triari and she was almost seemed like this figurehead so maybe i just think thought she was like more of a like a delicate like yeah not in control like right just i don't know like a meek mild tiny little person yeah i don't know you took that like what your thoughts of what her personality and turned it like, into like and a, body. Into a body yeah yeah um so i thought that was interesting but she like arrives and she's like greeting everyone learning their names mm-hmm. like comes across almost like very princess like yeah mm-hmm. i don't know like shaking hands like actually genuinely seeming excited to meet people yeah so but Hunt's like, I trust nothing. No, he's like, I don't <laughs> buy it. And it's like they go into her office and she says, like, please sit down. And he's like, please, p- please. Well, what? Like she, even Micah never said, please. Yeah, no. Why is she saying please? Like this, this can't be real. It can't be right. real. It's a conspiracy. A conspiracy. And she goes into this whole like talk about saying like, allow me to make this clear. I do not wish for subservience. I want my triari to be my partners. I want you to work alongside me to protect this city and territory and help it meet its great potential. You're like partners. These are not words. trust. No, not familiar with these words here. No. Oh, well. And the reason I noted trust was because when they were like quiet, she goes, I see that I shall have to do a great deal of work to earn your trust. In theory, like, Hunt's not, but the others are your slaves. Like, yeah. In theory, you don't owe them no anything. No. And this is like, I mean, this is what everybody dreams of hearing. Yeah. But you're like, but it can't be real. You're like, no. Why would they pick you? Right. Yeah. You're the total opposite of everything ever. Like, yeah. It's very confusing. It is confusing. Mm hmm. Um, and she's like, she even like says like to Isaiah, like, you know, like, I hope like we can keep working to like get you free. Like, I want you to keep leading here. And I'm just like, what? Who are you? And she says she considers Isaiah already a free man. Like, yeah. she's like, in my eyes, you're basically free. And right. Like, and she's like, she told Isaiah, Naomi, she's like, hun, I know like, you know, lives with Bryce and like, please feel free to like make your homes elsewhere. Like you don't yep. need to be confined to the barracks. You are free. And it's like what oh what and it's like isaiah was literally tearing up like they had to like look away to give him a moment because this poor guy like he's been working so hard for this and the fact that she's like no i'm gonna keep pushing for this you're just like you're amazing like i love you celestia like where did you come from i love you where have you been yes (laughs) crazy Mm -hmm. so they have like a really good first meeting with her yeah until until <laughs> yeah she makes a note about the rest of the triari and they're like what mm-hmm. there's more and so you know sandriel's triari is just kind of left like without anywhere to go mm-hmm. because the archangel ephraim yep um is who was filling his spot has a full triari right so they're like well, what do we do with these people mm-hmm. and so they divided them up yeah between the two so part of sandriel's triari is on their way mm-hmm. to crescent city oh boy oh boy and in walks pollux and baxian the hammer and the hellhound mic what? drop mic drop mic drop all right chapter 10 um hunt gets into a fight ethan wrestles with being a lone wolf and bryce collects hunt with a promise to keep him in line What'd you notice? Poor Ethan. Like, oh, I feel, my heart. feel so bad for this guy. Like a lone wolf. Like he 
doesn't, he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve it. Ugh. And also, I can't believe Hunt and Pollux like beat each other up so bad that they're in like holding cells under the. CD. I mean, I'm I'm dying a little bit I about know. it. I was like, it's not surprising, but like, really, <laughs> really, Hunt, Man. be the bigger person. Yeah, but but anywho, mm-hmm. I just I think it's so funny the way that this chapter opens up. Well, first off, we meet the Hellhound. I don't mm-hmm. think we've had a chance to actually meet him yet. We heard about him. Yeah, I think we got his name, like, or we just heard, like, Hellhound, if anything. Yeah. In- I think when they, like, first referenced Sandril's Triari. Right. So he's a little bit new. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I thought it was interesting. So he has jet black wings that shimmer faintly, kind of like crow's feathers, dark hair, brown skinned, tall, muscled. But then it says, a wicked scar snaking down his neck, forking across the columns of his throat that snared the eye. Hunt knew that scar. He'd given it to the hellhound 30 years ago. I'm like, oh. oh we have history. Like, on top of history. Yeah. I'm like, what What did you do? Why, you- did, what, why did he get that scar? How did that happen? And it's also like, okay, like, clearly Hunt used some kind of craziness in his yeah. powers because scars heal on, yeah. like, veneer. But and- also, that was 30 years ago. So he was mm-hmm. in Sandriel's Triari. During then? I think, yeah, that sounds right. So, infighting? I don't know. know. Interesting. But they walk in and Pollux just goes, hello, friends, and Hunt just tackles him. That's it. There's nothing else. Pollux doesn't even, like, bait him. No. It's just like, and I'm fighting you. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) All right. And then we pivot to Ethan. And he's having a hard time. I know. I thought it was funny. It's just like how the whole scenes played out. It's like he's in Bryce's bathroom. Yeah. And it's like, you know, he's just, you know, remembering how this is similar to like her old bathroom and like his chest is like tightening because it's Mm. just so reminiscent. Um, And it's just like, you know, smelling her, this place, like all of it is just all the feels for him. Yeah. Um, He's just, I, he's like a free agent and I feel so bad. Yeah. Um, I just can't imagine like, you know, being part of a pack and then losing mm-hmm. it. Just that's everything you are. Yeah. So on a very simplistic mm-hmm. side moment. Yeah. Dogs. Mm-hmm. Similarly. <laughs> Hold on though. Just hear me out. It's just, I, I didn't know it to this extent. So dogs are also pack animals. Mm-hmm. And when they're in a family, they consider their family like their pack. So yeah. like my dog, Ginny, like I am part of her pack mm-hmm. and any separation from the pack Mm -hmm. they consider as like the deepest form of punishment so even like me like you know how i can kind of like put her back in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and you know she'll whine like it's nobody's but it's because i am deeply hurting her feelings she's like why have i been cut out i just want to be part of my pack and it's just like pain for her now she's fine obviously Obviously. she's a diva but (laughs) but i didn't like make i didn't know that connection until like the trainer told me this she was like this is why it like bothers dogs so much to be like separated from you she was like so just like be cognizant of when you're doing it because it can just hurt their feelings poor babies poor babies but anyway obviously to a much greater extent obviously yeah (laughs) i bring up these side moments just to bring a little levity to the sadness Mm -hmm. i don't know if that actually helps but alas um but i think it's funny ethan decides to shift in the bathroom which bad idea because he's like the size of a horse 
which I'm what like, are you doing? Massive wolf. Massive. I'm surprised he didn't like break shit. I know. He's like tail wagging and there's like products <laughs> flying everywhere. I was like, was this the best idea? No, it's fine. Um, but I'm wondering, I'm pulling a Twilight reference here. Ooh. Was was him like being separated from the pack? Is it like when Jacob left the pack and like started his own and is like he couldn't hear their thoughts or like feel their feelings anymore like Maybe. are the are like the wolf packs that in tune probably it's like he almost made it feel like it was like empty now yeah so it's like i feel like there was at least like a presence that they were aware of i think so and that would just be so lonely yeah so sad and depressing it is and he goes worse than an omega friendless kinless unwanted no even you are wanted oh so sad um which he is wanted clearly like perry ravenscroft which is mm-hmm. amelie's younger younger sister yeah right? I think so um she texts ethan to check and make sure he's still alive and she's like you could just put like a wire and n like you yeah, don't even have just to let me know let me know you're still alive um but she's the one that brought ethan to bryce's house after sabine attacked him and like the only one from his former pack that like has checked up on him which since. is wild yeah especially that it's amelie's sister you of know all the people of all the people but I thought this was interesting. So he talks about how he's like, wolves are social creatures. A wolf without a pack, it was a soul wound, one that would cripple most wolves. But he'd been struck a soul wound two years ago and had survived, even though he knew he couldn't endure taking his wolf form again anytime soon. So it's like, it's sad, but mm-hmm. he at least has that like Perspective. survivor mentality of like, mm-hmm. I've dealt with the worst shit before i can do it again Mm -hmm. so that gives me some hope yeah you know and he starts coming he starts talking that through that mantra of like one foot in front of the other i just gotta put one foot in front Mm -hmm. of the other just like figure it out for now that's all you can do Mm -hmm. there's a song in frozen too that's kind of like that (laughs) okay so back to bryce she is visiting hunt in the cbd holding cell (laughs) after celestina called her to let her know what happened i'm just like really really come on hunt men men (laughs) but like i think it is for isaiah he's the one that actually put them in the cells like ridiculous it is um so she's just kind of like you know approachable asshole huh like kind of like really mm-hmm. this is where we're at what we're thinking and he's here. just like who called you and it's like what what did you think was gonna happen right ridiculous <laughs> it's not like they just had like a punch they got into it like they are oh, yeah both in a lot of pain not <laughs> able to move much like face is like covered in bruises yeah i'm like how, how long were you guys going at it before they had to pull you apart i know well they also probably like move very quickly yes so, that's true in that defense. Mm-hmm. but um she goes were you intentionally trying to sabotage yourself today and he goes why the fuck would i do that and then you hear a voice because you're a stupid bastard and apparently <laughs> pollux is in the cell right next to him so mm-hmm. like this is not a private conversation no <laughs> but i'm curious like about bryce's question like is it one of those you know you think it's too good to be true so you might as well just like destroy it before Maybe? it can even happen but again, then again, it's like it's Pollux, so it is justified. Yes, but I, I think she's maybe onto something. I there. think so too. But anywho, I do think it's funny how Bryce like can very clearly handle herself because mm-hmm. Hunt's just kind of like, don't talk to her, and she's like, I've got this. Yeah, and she really shuts him up. Good. Yes, I was very impressed with her. She's like, those are your comebacks, like. <laughs> 
really <laughs> like those are from so long ago the fact that you think i like look like a stripper ooh, so offended like <laughs> she's like sex work is an actual job here in Crescent city so like i'm proud of that yeah and all these things it's just like you're like wow good job bryce it's so funny um, and then he's like, I know the perfect thing to shove in that trap of yours to shut you up. And she goes, careful. I use teeth. I just <laughs> I am dying. I loved her. Um, and kind of like during this time, we actually um, get a little glimpse of Baxian. So yes. the hellhound, he's there. Um, he's not behind a cell because he was not fighting. Yes. Um, he actually has a shifting ability, which is like yeah. super rare. So like when they called him hellhound, like I didn't really think much of it, but the hellhounds are what was in the epilogue, right? Those were those creatures. In the epilogue, or what's the, what's the beginning part? That's oh the prologue. Prologue. No, those were dreadwolves. Dreadwolves. I was like, I knew there was like this some is a separate thing, separate other creature. Either way, he can shift, which is like very rare for angels, obviously. Yes. And I think it's interesting that he has black wings. Like I don't know if that means anything. Yeah, like, hunts are gray. His are black. I don't know. I don't know. Just pointing it out, putting it out in the world. But he seems to be of like good spirits yeah and like n- maybe not like a great person but mm-hmm. like open to working together wor- I, I don't know i just get that vibe i do too because it's like hunt even like mentions like in his head he's like you know backseat never like tortured me or did anything like that but he is their spy master so it's yeah like, he's definitely doing bad stuff to a lot of people right so like there's that so he is a bad guy but I don't know. It's like, it's interesting because he asks for a tour, like from Bryce. It's almost like he's flirting with Bryce. Right. Or like trying to just be like friendly, cordial, friendly, all the things. Um, but yeah, she's like, uh, no. <laughs> and well, go ahead. No, um, I was gonna say, and like, as he goes to leave, he tells him like, glad someone finally put a bullet through Micah's head. You're like, what? Like, you just said that out loud. I know. Like <laughs> all the cameras watching, but it's, it's like surprising. You're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You're welcome. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's like a weird comment from somebody yeah. on Sandriel's triari. Yeah. So is there more to this guy? Maybe. I, I think so. I think I anybody am. that was like happy Mike is gone. There's more to them. I think so too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Bryce is basically telling Hunt, like, no more fights. And he says, if I say yes, can we go home now? And she goes, not my call. And apparently, Celestina has just been low-key listening in the background. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I've seen enough. He's free to go, Miss Quinlan. And I'm just like, oh, this is such an interesting mm-hmm. new archangel. Very different. It's so different. It's so different. Mm-hmm. Um, and she keeps Pollux there. She doesn't yeah. let him go. I was like... I was like, that started it. I know. I was like, I really, but she was like, he didn't try to stop it. I was like, but the, yeah. I'm like, I, maybe she's trying to make it like make good with Hunt and be like, Hey, like I'm on your side. Maybe. But also like, mm, you probably shouldn't piss off a Pollux more than necessary. Or maybe she's just like phasing them out. Like, okay, let's let Hunt leave mm-hmm. and then Pollux can leave. Yeah. That way, hopefully you don't break out into a new fight again. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Anywho, did you mm-hmm. notice anything else? Um, I feel like just that, like when Bryce was like threatening Pollux, it's like, yeah, I'm just like so impressed that she's as ballsy as she is. Like, yeah. it's just, I forget how powerful she is. I don't know why. Maybe it's because she doesn't use her power. I mean, she yeah. like tries, she like slightly flashes the light and she's like, I can do more than blind you, like yeah. whatever. But I just forget she has power. So I'm kind of just like this, like, you know, female trying to threaten <laughs> right the hammer and you're like, oh, 
oh yeah okay yeah. but then i'm like oh wait no but like yeah you can actually take care of yourself like you right. can protect hunt you can protect all these people so i just like always forget how powerful bryce is yeah it is funny these little like flares you're like mm-hmm. huh. yeah huh. all right chapter 11 mm-hmm. last one uh therian's mission continues and he finds some exciting new details what'd you notice danica freaking fender danica how are you still in book two <laughs> like why are you in book two no <laughs> like you have to be out of secrets right that's well i was like title ideas what are we going to call this? danica's secrets more secrets <laughs> <laughs> how is danica still in book two yes. that's the new title no, that's I'm the kidding. new title mm-hmm. <laughs> all right therian therian it starts off this line therian needed a new job <laughs> just like this poor soul um but he's working on digging up information on sophie and he's like usually i would just assign somebody else to do this stupid stuff yeah but it's my secret job from the river queen so therefore i'm doing this job poor guy not used to doing the research and the grunt work i know now he's stuck Um, but his setup is pretty cool it is it's like a glass underwater building yeah i don't know i liked it i thought it was interesting that like he's not the norm Right. Like he was like, you know, my parents are like, why would you stay there when we can like be in these wet seaweed hammocks like yeah. in the cold water with like wet food. I was like, ugh, this sounds why why is this an option? Like who know. would choose that over like a warm bed with hot food and like dryness? Well, like, part of me is like if they're like mermaid type things, mm-hmm. like is it really that like cold to them? Like are they just like used to it cuz they seem like it seems like his parents are like true like underwater creatures right. and he's like no I w- would rather it feels like he would rather be human. Right. But like way. he could make that choice. Like from Maybe? what we learn it's like you know he loses fins. Yeah. If he stayed out of water for a day. So you're right. like well if you want to be human But I also don't, don't think you? he like really wants to lose his place. Right. In the world, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That would be a very hard transition. Yeah. But so, but there apparently are some mare who live in these like apartments that are like physically underwater, but not full of water Mm -hmm. because you have to keep computers dry. No, (laughs) (laughs) thought that was funny. Yeah. Um. But so Declan basically had given him this like awesome setup where he could hack into any non-imperial email. Um, and so he is combing through Sophie's emails, which real quick, I thought Declan just like did this for him, mm-hmm. but no, he made Therian like pay, pay. yes, <laughs> pay him like a good chunk of money. This and was I just... also before like CZ one happened. So yes. like they weren't buddies yet. It just, it makes me laugh. It is. Yes. Because it, it reminded me of like, like when your friend has a small business, how it's mm-hmm. like, you shouldn't ask them to do the no. things for free. You should just pay them. And I was like, is Therian being a good friend to Declan's version of a small business? <laughs> <laughs> so one sticks out mm-hmm. and the subject is regarding Dusk's truth. You're like, huh? Mm-hmm. Dusk's truth. Yeah. Well, okay. We're what gonna, does that mean? It's interesting. It's interesting to, that it would be interesting to Therion. I'm kind of just like, why he was like, it was so simple that it stood out. And I'm like, I I wouldn't have thought twice if I read a subject line that said Dusk's truth. Well, I mean, he says that it sounds the subject line was weird, and I would agree. Like anything, like when I see something's truth, yeah, I'm like, 
Yeah. Huh? True. That is a little. Yeah. Okay. I see that. A little bit. At least enough to like read. Right. Yeah. And then the bo- the body of it is also weird because it says working on gaining access will take time. And he's like, let me try and find this thread. Right. Which as a person who uses Outlook and you can group your emails by thread, mm-hmm. I was like, that would be a handy <laughs> tool for you. You wouldn't have to be combing through emails to try to find the last one. Yeah. Anyway. But he's basically like Googling Dusk's truth. Um, doesn't find anything. Yep. Because obviously that would be too easy. Um, and then he's looking up Banshee Fan 56, who is the one who originally sent the email. But it kind of leads to another email with the subject line of Project Thur. Um, mm-hmm. And the body of that email says, could be useful to you. Read it. And then Sophie had responded, just did. I think it's a long shot and the six will kill me for it. And you're like, what do you know, Sophie? What? The six. Obviously, we're talking about the hysteria here. Yep why what do you know and then banshee fan 56 writes when you find him lie low in the place i told you about where the weary souls find relief from their suffering in lunathian it's secure is that the bone quarter because like that was the only thing that came to mind I was that like, was the only thing that came to i was my like mind is too. it that obvious but the bone quarter is like super sketchy and no one goes to it right but that's like I was like, is this what everybody felt when they were reading like Akatar and they're like, obviously the answer to the riddle is love. I know. I was like, (laughs) I was like, am I that person now? It's like, duh, it's the bone quarter. Like that's the only thing that even remotely seems correct. I know, right? But then I was like, I'm never right with riddles. So obviously it's probably (laughs) not the bone quarter. Even so you're like, what does that mean? Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, after that, they find he finds another email that Sophie had responded, but it was in her draft. She didn't finish it. And it says, thank you. I'll try to pass along the info to my. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. So he's like, is it to her brother? Like someone else. Somebody else. It could go a lot of different ways. So we don't yes. really know. Um, so then he's back to using the software and inputs the sender's address. Right. The Banshee 56. Right. Banshee fan 56. And it pulls up. Danica Fender. Absolutely ridiculous. I was like, no, 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 no. How is this happening right now? Really? Again? Danica. Danica. Too, too many secrets. Too many secrets. Too many. Um. All right. So mm-hmm. at this point, something we didn't quite touch on yet at the beginning is Therian makes a comment of like, oh, I have 30 minutes mm-hmm. before I have to get in water. Right. <laughs> submerged, like fully submerged. Fully submerged in water. And apparently he waited <laughs> to the very last second. Yes. So now we're sprinting mm-hmm. <laughs> to the place where for him to get fully submerged. And it's so interesting. His perspective, he says that it's fucking inconvenient. <laughs> and I'm like, it's who you are. Right. I was like, you could have gone like a couple hours ago for, for five minutes. Like he waits five minutes. Right. Like, why do you not want to be in that form? I don't you know. know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, why don't you just do it before shower time? You know what I mean? Be like, oh, like, shower time. Let me it's go. like days. Yes. So he's not been in water for days. It's crazy. Very bizarre. I don't know. Anyhow. Uh, um, yeah. But so he's, you know, waited his time in the water and then he comes back and he's like, puts on his like, you know, investigator uniform, yep. whatever. But it's just, to me, it's crazy to think that like Sophie and Danica had been corresponding the six months. Yep. Before Danica was killed. And you're like, yep. is it all related? Is everything related? I don't know. I don't know. And then um, Therian gets a note 
saying that a kingfisher shifter had called in a report three hours ago. There was an abandoned boat with an adolescent-sized life vest. And he's like, I wonder, could this be mm-hmm. a meal? Oh, because the, the life vest has the um The name branding. of the ship. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you're like, mm? mm-hmm. is it? Yep. So Therian's off to investigate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like in the marshes and there's like a bunch of like creepy monsters mm-hmm. in the marshes. And so Therian's being careful. And we're also kind of like, even if the boy got here mm-hmm. and survived, did he make it through? Very questionable. We don't know. No, because he, so he smells like he's like, okay, there was like a young male yep. on this boat. But then he smells like fresher scents mm-hmm. of blood. And you're like, is Emil dead? Is mm-hmm. this person dead? And then it's like, no, there's a floating arm. Like that's not a young That's not voice. a young <laughs> not a young person's arm. But it's wearing like the star or the lightfall units mm-hmm. like patch. And you're like, that was Pippa's unit that had mm-hmm. gone to help Sophie rescue Emil. Right. What's going on? So like is he running from them? Mm-hmm. Was he with them and they got hurt and he got away? What's All happening? The questions. But Therian is so clever. And I mean, it makes sense. This He's like a super great investigator. But he like, he turns on the engine and is like, okay, there's plenty of fuel. That means it was it didn't like run out. It was intentional. We mm-hmm. intentionally came here. And he like finds like a map and he sees like, just like all of these things. And so he's piecing it, the mm-hmm. picture yes. together a little Well, and bit it's like more. on the map, it's like the marshes that they landed in was circled. Yep. But... There's like a spot marked on Crescent City. So you're like, is he headed into Crescent City? Is Emil in Crescent City right now? Is that where he is? Crazy. Now, it didn't like specify where in Crescent City there was a circle. So I'm like, was it just over all of Crescent City? Or was it over a specific spot? That is the answer. To the riddle. To this riddle. We don't know. We don't know. But alas. So Mm -hmm. Therian like calls on the team to kind of like try and track him down. And he does say like, if you find him, like, follow him i want to know where he goes Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how the chapter ends yeah do you notice anything else no that was it i'm just like i'm very curious how sophie and emile play into this because like i said that when i read the prologue i was like i don't understand what this has to do with my characters right and now obviously starting to connect but i'm just how do danica and sophie know each other like i just want to know i just want to know all the things I just better not have to wait till the last like 100 pages. That's all I'm saying, (laughs) which I know I'm saying that stupidly because that's when SJM reveals everything. (laughs) Oops. Oops. Spoiler. (laughs) Spoiler. Um, Okay. So next week, Mm -hmm. we're going to do chapters 12 and 13. Mm -hmm. So longer chapters. Yep. Um, Okay. Ooh, announcement. Yes. We forgot to do this at the top. Our bad. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a giveaway. Yes. Going on. Do you want to tell them about the giveaway? Sure. So I hope everybody got to listen to last week's mini so where we interviewed Rebecca Yaros. So fun. She's amazing. Um, but she released the book called Fourth Wing, um, which we absolutely loved. And we are doing a giveaway of her book. So we're going to be doing two copies, going to mm-hmm. give away. So this week we're going to be posting on Insta about, you know, like following, liking all the things. And then the winners will be announced next week. So yes. if you haven't grabbed a copy, be sure to enter and hopefully you'll win. Who knows? Or if you do have a copy, enter and you can get one for a friend. Exactly. Um. So, yeah, check that out. Mm-hmm. 
And let's see. Um, oh, I guess one other thing is in a couple of weeks, we have book club mm-hmm. coming up, which is a fun thing we offer to our fam level patrons. Yes. So if you want to jump in, I highly suggest doing that about now so mm-hmm. that you have time to read the book, to read the book. <laughs> um, but so just think about it. Consider it. We had a lot of fun at the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, so hoping this second book club book will be even better. Yes. And I think that's all the announcements. Yes. We usually do those at the top. I know. Our bad. Hope you listened this long. Yes. <laughs> and we'll talk next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to A Court of Fairies and Fangirls, a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe and let us know what you think. Check out our Patreon for more ways to support and connect with us for as low as $1 a month. You can also find us on Instagram at at fairies and fangirls. Jump in on the conversation and we look forward to chatting with you more next week. Bye. Bye.